Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead. Prayer, devotional, memorial, family, evangelistic service, family members, my beloved. This is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible episode number 568 where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint this unique arrangement of the Holy Scriptures allows us to read the whole Bible as a single story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history. In the present and in the future. Today, my beloved, we're reading Proverbs chapter 3 verses 21 through 30. Shall we pray to the Lord. Holy Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray for one of your special children, Mysia Hall, her family, rather, for she is now hopefully with you as uh, she has been shot this past week and killed over foolishness life is gone comfort that family that is will never be the same as her uncle said whoever shot her who's on the run and we pray that Lord you would catch him and help the human beings to catch him Her uncle said, you stole our joy. You took our joy away. Her mother remembered her as one of those special children who tried to help everybody. And so, Holy Father, God in heaven, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I praise you and I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And for all millions and all of the millions and many and manifold blessings 
Lord, that you have bestowed upon us down through the years. Lord, we all who are saved want to make sure that we thank you for everything you've ever done for us. Understanding that one day we will be like Mashiach and leave this earth. In fact, Lord, prepare us for good days and bad days. Prepare us, Lord, for uh, celebrations and tragedies. Prepare us, Lord, for weddings and funerals. Prepare us, Lord, for life and death. For our day is coming. Our day meaning not only are we going to die and experience the death day, but our day is coming when somebody else in our family close to us, like my Shia, was close to her family, will die. So, and that is probably, Lord, more painful for human beings. And Holy Father God, we praise you, I praise you, and thank you for salvation and spiritual family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings for all of us who are saved and even for those who don't even have the sense to thank you. Lord God in heaven, we individually confess our own sins, our failures and our faults unto you. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins our faults and our failures as we from our hearts by your grace for those of us who are saved forgive those who have sinned against us and Holy Father God uh, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would crush and crucify our flesh and the old man within us and fill each and every one of us with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty, Lord, of the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, this day has already been magnificent. Thank you for that. It's like a dream. And Lord, as I am approaching probably my last Father's Day, uh, as uh, before the empty nest, and uh, Lord, what a journey it has been. Uh, and the uh, Lord, even one of my worst children have said that. It's been a, a magnificent journey. And uh, I give you the glory, praise, and honor for that. And Holy Father God, come to think of it, this is the day. I guess eight years ago now, about eight years ago, my wife, Marika White, who's here, manning her station, as she's done for years, uh, came to me while she, was, while she was already with me, helping me put my clothes on, as she's been doing for years, to go and preach. And Lord, she asked me, could she apologize to me and to the family 
for it is it was the day that my two oldest daughters were going to li- move out and live on their own. They had graduated from college, and uh, they were moving out, and it shook her. It shook my wife because they were basically going to leave uh, uh, with Holly saying bye to her. Uh, because she had already admitted she was not a good wife and a good mother. For all of those years they were growing up. She could have made a huge difference in their lives. And uh, she failed to do so, but she was so crushed on this Saturday, eight years ago, that she came to me the day before Father's Day and wanted to apologize to the whole family. She did that. It was the greatest Father's Day gift I've ever received. However, after the girls left, and no doubt my daughter Danny and my daughter Danita already knew that she was not sincere, I was hoping that she was, for that was the first time I saw her humble herself down being a very proud Jamaican person. And uh, however, she did not uh, mean it. She did it for evidently other reasons. And so I have been, I, I continue to pray for her salvation as I do today. Eight years later after she apologized to her family for the first and only time but it didn't stick. And so Holy Father God for her own good at this point as she is facing a bitter empty nest. You gave her chance after chance, opportunity after opportunity and uh, she did not take it. So I do continue to pray for her born again salvation experience. Uh, help her to realize that doing Christian work and work in the church and in the ministry will not suffice for salvation. And Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation of all of our family members on her side of the family, my side of the family, religious but lost, many of them not truly born again. And Lord, I pray that you would open their eyes and stop deaf ears and save their souls uh, and uh, uh, not necessarily be, uh, to get together or anything like that, but to, uh, to make sure that they're saved. Examine themselves. Lord, help them to examine themselves that they be in the faith so that we all can gather by the river on the other side. And Holy Father God, I pray also on this Saturday, as I have prayed for over 34 years, for this is the day that the devil really kicks up through her. And she acts like she has no control, and I believe that's the case, because uh, she is not saved. Saved people can control uh, that, they can they can say no to the devil and say no to sin and move right along. And Lord, I know that this is not popular in our sweet evangelical Christian communities. 
is something that uh, no husband wants to do. And I thank you, Lord, for leading me to pray for her behind the scenes for all of these years. And I thank you now, for some reason, you've given me the liberty to pray publicly about it. Uh, and it is a good thing because we have so many uh, sweet evangelical Christian people who hide things for years and then it explodes all over the place. And so, Lord, uh, thank you for giving me, the, giving me the wisdom to let the air out slowly but surely. And I believe because you have done that down through the years, it has never uh, truly exploded to destruction like so many things we're seeing today in churches and in families. And so I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ on this beautiful Saturday. Lord, I have no complaints. I thank you for the cold days that you got us through. I thank you, Lord, for the hot days that you get us through. Somehow, some way. Lord, somehow, some way, Lord, along with a little air condition, uh, a fan helps it a whole lot. And so we give you the glory, the praise, and the honor, uh, Lord, for all of the blessings you've bestowed upon us. At the same time, Lord, you have instructed us to be sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful, and prayerful. Lord, help us not to drop our guard now. As I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, based upon your holy word, ask and ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. Pray without ceasing. Continue instant in prayer. You gave a parable to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Lord God in heaven, I have confidence in you that you're leading me to pray the way I'm praying for a reason. And I, I have been warning my wife for the past several years and even recent months that the last four children were going to leave in rapid succession. And uh, you need to take advantage of this time because you're going to have a bit of time at it in the uh, emptiness syndrome situation and period. Uh, if you had a hard time with two leaving and five left behind, you're going to have a hard time when they're all gone. And as I predicted to her and I told her, it's happening. Uh, the last few are leaving uh, one after another. And, uh, and so, uh, apparently, Lord, you know, it's not going to be a wonderful uh, humanly speaking, it should not be a wonderful, uh, sweet, comfortable relationship uh, between us if she's not saved. 
She's never questioned my salvation by your grace, but I have questioned hers. And and and, and so I, I I am thinking, Lord, that you are preparing us for the empty nest together. And both of us definitely need to be saved at that point. And so I thank you for doing that. I praise you and I thank you for blessing me to go into the empty nest period with great joy, great peace. Uh, For by your grace, you bless me to raise my seven children with my wife, virtually by myself, having to have my hand in everything except for the dirty work that uh, my wife had to do such as changing diapers and washing dishes and cleaning bathrooms and all of that. I've never done any of that. And I thank you that she was here to do that. And when the girls came of age, Danny and Anita blessed their hearts. When they, when they hit 12 and 13, uh, they basically took over the cooking of the food. And so, Lord, I thank you for all of those days. Thank you for, most of all, how you used us in our family to do great ministry work together, even to this very day. That is what's going to stick the most in everybody's heart and mind and soul and spirit, how you used us from nothing to impact the entire world with the gospel to impact the Christian church and to warn the Christian church of what was to come and Lord it's been a great journey a great privilege and a great honor and Lord thank you for the fun that we had along the way thank you Lord for helping my wife even, and my children to see thousands of answers to prayer and thousands of miracles on this day before Father's Day. I thank you that it is going to be my baby daughter, my youngest daughter, as my other daughters have done for years to fix my macaroni and cheese with sausage, to fix my steak, to fix the barbecue chicken with the famous Berman's barbecue chicken sauce, to fix my Normandy vegetables, and to make her father a red velvet cake as we celebrate Father's Day and Juneteenth on the same day. I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. Thank you for blessing me uh, with all of the letters that my children wrote me spontaneously on their own with no intention in those letters ever being uh, used in a book. But uh, my daughter Danita edited a book with all of the letters they wrote me when they had pure and innocent hearts, and they, their hearts were not defiled by the devil, not defiled 
by other people, but when they had pure, innocent hearts, Lord, I will always cherish that. So thank you for allowing me to see this day, the day that my wife gave me one of the greatest gifts, even though it did not stick. And uh, to see the day before Father's Day and for being a father by your grace and through your grace has been one of my greatest joys. Only under the joy of preaching your holy gospel thousands of times. And so, Holy Father God, I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. And Lord, you have already informed me about plots and plans to try to hinder me in my old age. And I thank you for informing me uh, months and uh, even years in advance. And I thank you for giving me the right heart and spirit and uh, attitude about it and plan to deal with it. And so, Lord, I do pray that through it all, lost souls will be saved. Thank you for all of the children you've given to me uh, through the preaching of the gospel all around the world. All of the sons and daughters you've given to me Lord, beyond my own sons and daughters, through the book, Letters to Young Black Men, uh, the, my most popular book that I've ever written, and Letters to Young Black Women. And uh, so thank you for giving me, for using uh, what I experienced in my youth to father thousands of young men and young women, so to speak, uh, through the books. Thank you for all of my children who helped me produce, no doubt, over a hundred books. And what a blessing it has been. So, Lord, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord, cast the devil and the demons of hell out of my wife. Cast the satanic, demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias out of her heart, her mind, her soul, and spirit. And Lord, because she nursed these children and was here, uh, no doubt their spirits and their hearts have been influenced and infected with the same demonic attitudes and spirits. Uh, the satanic, demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias. Betrayal. And I do pray that you would deliver them from that today. That they would not listen to the devil and listen to ungodly people in their churches, in their family that they are just getting to know. Uh, that I intentionally kept them from on both sides because I did not want them to be tainted and defiled with their evil and their foolishness and their demonic spirits that we came out of. Because oftentimes families do not change. They carry on their traditions. And so I intentionally kept my children from uh, my side of the family and from her side of the family. And I'm glad I did that. And I pray that they are mature enough now to be able to handle that and to see the evil and the foolishness uh, and even to laugh their heads off 
at the uh, immaturity and wickedness of some people, yes, even in our own family. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would rebuke and bind our enemy, the devil, his demons, and his hosts. Lord, from our family entire, and uh, our entire family, and uh, give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And Lord, I do pray that you would save those who are lost, revive those who are saved, heal those who are sick, comfort those who are grieving and mourning around the globe. Red, yellow, black, and white, for they're all precious in your sight. And I thank you, Lord, that a prayer, that you hear a prayer like that and you can answer a prayer like that. We don't know the millions, but you do. And so, Holy Father God, I pray that you'll bless the reading of your Holy Word. Uh, grant me and all of us your energy, strength, unction, anointing, and the power of your Holy Spirit to read your Holy Word, teach your Holy Word, preach your Holy Word, hear your Holy Word, and obey your Holy Word. Help us not to be hearers of your Holy Word and not doers. Glorify your Holy Name, for we are not worthy. Lift up your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, for we are not worthy, and our work is not worthy. But what little you can get from it to receive glory, please do so in Jesus Christ's name we pray, and for his sake, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God, the Holy Bible. My dear friend, let me tell you something. You're not going to make it real good if you don't cling to the Word of God, the Bible. If you do not cling to prayer to God, that's why I, I have this service. I didn't choose to have this service. God did. God told me to do this over 700 plus services ago. It is the, pardon me, it is the everything service. The whole shebang. Um, and it normally takes a little bit longer. That's one reason I would not have chosen it. I would not have chosen it because the first thing he wants me to do is read the Bible without any comment. And I, in my flesh, I said, Lord, that's not going to go over. We, we're not going to get a good crowd at that. But you people surprised me. And yes, I know some of you all are sitting in the Walmart parking lot and the uh, Target parking lot waiting on somebody to come out. You got the air condition on and you 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 out and about. You thinking about go you're thinking about going to the gas station and, and everything. But you uh, you say, "Well, let me see what this negro is going to say today."
I have some pastor's wives who hate me, but they still listen. I have some women who don't like the things I say, but they like it because they know it's true. And so that's what some of you men don't understand. Women can handle the truth. In fact, you're never going to have an intimate relationship with the woman in your life if you don't tell her the truth. I believe that my wife, Marika White, who is here right now, one of the main reasons why she is still with me and I am I'm not the kind of husband that's going to let her have her way and control things and that has never happened. She has no control over me, never has. She has tried, but she has never been victorious. Never, 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 never. It's not like that. I'm in complete control, in charge of the relationship, uh, our marriage. <clears throat> One of the reasons why I believe my wife is still with me is because I've always told her the truth. Good, bad, and ugly. You're looking at a husband. I know it's hard to believe. You can ask my wife. You can ask God. I've never lied to my wife about anything from Jump Street. <clears throat> now, you say, how can, uh, what do you mean, actually, why, how does she know? See, when somebody is a truth teller in your life, you, you, you can tell. Is I can't give you how she knows and how I know. and I do know God knows. And somehow, with your wife or your husband, they're going to know whether or not you're a liar of you telling the truth. See? And that creates a, a connection that and a bond that is unbreakable almost. And so, uh, I believe that's one of the main reasons why she has stayed. Because, you know, I, I've never lied to her. Because I tell her the truth, the good, the bad, and ugly. I've told her things like, okay, she went to the bathroom, and the bathroom stinks, still stinks, coming out into the living room. Go back in there, I put your hand down in the toilet, clean it. I want it cleaned, I don't want that, no, I can't stand that. Some of you are aghast right now. That I would tell my wife, yes, I have. Yes, I have. It don't matter to me what it is. If it's, if it's bothering me, it's going to be an issue. I'm going to say something about it. And believe it or not, gentlemen, it binds you and your wife together. It does not separate you. She knows she stinks. I've told her to go take a shower. Yes, sir. See? She told uh, she was not feeling well a while back and and uh, started having some problems with a skin thing. And uh, I would tell her, she told this to uh, her children this past week and a few other people. That I was the one, because I, I do not trust her to take the shower properly. Okay. I want I want you to make sure you do it right. 
I was the one. She would knock on the door and let me know that she's ready for me to make sure. Because it was a sickness involved, a disease involved. And I wanted to make sure that she showered that area very well, even if it was a little bit painful. So I'm the one that took the shower head and, and made sure. And I'm the one that sprayed the alcohol and the peroxide on there. I want to make sure that it's done right. Because I, I told her, I said, I don't trust you. I, I don't. I said, I'm going to do it. I'll do it. I mean, you can do it too. But I'm going to make sure I, I'm make sure it's done. I'm going to make sure it's done. Because it could have become a bad situation. See? Thank God she listened to me. She took the doctor, uh, the famous. Um, soup that I found out about. Uh, I forget his name now. And the ginger and uh, uh, ginger drink that I came uh, found out about. And she came out all right. Came out great by the grace of God. I, I've tried to tell you all in the past now. Wives, if you have a husband, submit to him, do what he tells you to do, and God will make it work. Just because you are obeying the authority over you. God will make it work. Because I believe that what the problem is in many homes is many wives do not submit to their husbands because they don't trust in God. That's the problem. I, I, I double dog dare you. Do what God tells you to do and he'll make it work. He'll bless you. By being obedient. Anyway. Stay in prayer. Pray without ceasing. Obey the word of God. And God will bless you and see you through. The most difficult time. And times of your life. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 21 through 30. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Yes, it will. Let me go on. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked, when it cometh for the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken withhold not good from them to whom it is due when it is in the power of thine hand to do it say not unto thy neighbor go and come again 
and tomorrow I will give when thou hast it by thee. Devise not evil against thy neighbor, seeing he dwelleth securely by thee. Strive not with a man without cause, if he have done thee no harm. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you so much for the privilege of prayer, for the power of your holy word and your Holy Spirit. Lord, cause your holy word to stick uh, to our ribs and to find a lodging place in our hearts and help us to always honor it and obey it and live by it. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and forsake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends and foes, and even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead, service family members, my beloved. This is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House family devotional reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Treasury of David. This is episode number 151. In the words of Jackie Gleason, How sweet it is. As I have already told you, as a prophet, as an evangelist, as a gospel preacher, you don't preach like God has given me the privilege to preach. Excuse me. and not have a whole bunch of enemies. Okay? So for the record, do not be surprised if you don't hear something negative about Daniel White III going down or going up in the very near future. Don't be shocked because over the years, because of the preaching that God has had me to do, I have made many enemies. First of all, you do need to know and understand, and you, uh, you should already understand this and have this idea in your mind about our family. There is a demonic spirit of Judas in the world. And there is a demonic spirit of Judas and betrayal that I believe is in my wife and in her line of the family that has come down not only through my wife uh, and, uh, but even in some of my children. 
I have a child with my wife that I even called Judas while I had to because he had the same spirit of his mother and uh, uh, a Judas spirit of trying to hinder the ministry for some reason. And it was not, just like it is not really her, is not really him. That's why uh, we were we were able to stay together as a couple and as a family because I never saw it as them doing it, but that demonic spirit of Judas. It doesn't matter where it came from. I've never seen it in my family, but I have seen it in my wife, and I didn't know what it was in the beginning, but... I came off the road because my wife was not taking good care of my first child with her. I, I traveled all over the world before I met her, which she knew, and I was going to continue to do so. We would be very rich people now if I had done that because it was nothing to go speak in one meeting and get a love offering of $1,000 uh, back in, that's back in the day, back in the 80s. But I came off the road, and, and I, I, but I was going to continue to preach, and so I started a church. And uh, I would have her to do the program and stuff like that. And I would proofread it, what she presented to me, before she printed it. And then the next day, she had changed the numbers on the songs, on the hymns, and changed some words, put misspellings in it, and so forth. And she did this repeatedly. And until I realized that she was doing it on purpose to try to hinder the services. And uh, uh, I didn't know, I, I had never experienced that before. And I thought she would be happy that we were starting a church, and from all indications, she was. But for some reason, she did things to try to sabotage and hinder these services. And then, uh, as I told you, I had a child who did the same thing <coughs> uh, when he got older. And uh, so, don't be shocked that the devil won't even use a family member or two or three family members to try to uh, cause a problem for me. Maybe because they have friends who are homosexuals and they're influencing them or whatever. Uh, I know my daughter is in a church where the pastor believes like Andy Stanley that homosexuals ought to be uh, a part of the church or to be members in the church and uh, and they're young, they're young people and so there's no telling how they can be influenced by uh, other people in their church who believe that demonic foolishness and uh, I'll say this to you that's 
there are three groups that I've made many enemies with. First, uh, outside of family members, my greatest enemies are in the church. They are pastors who uh, preach what they call, it's a nice word that they use, very deceptive, inclusive. Well, we should have been inclusive for the past 2,000 years. And we are inclusive. The church is inclusive because it belongs to Jesus Christ. And homosexuals can attend as they are. But they cannot become members of the church just like an adulterer and an adulteress can't become members of the church. But that's where the homosexuals got you, church, because you have half of your uh, couples in the church are divorced and remarried. So you don't have any, as far as they're concerned, you don't have a leg to stand on. So my greatest enemies are in my own household. My greatest enemies are in the church. Pastors who believe this demonic foolishness and they're very persistent. And I'm afraid some of them are homosexuals, secret homosexuals on the down low with the wife to hide behind so that they can keep their pastorate. And I have been preaching against these hypocrites for years and they hate my guts. And they will even try to tinker with my family to try to uh, cause a problem. And then, uh, so I have family members who have been demonically influenced to try to turn against me. Now, see, in this day and time, in our sweet evangelical, Christian, charismatic, Methodist, Presbyterian, uh, you know, you are not to have any problems like that if you're doing God's will. Well, in the words of Bishop Daniel White, Jr., my dad, who is in heaven uh, right now, that is ass backwards and is not biblical. From Genesis to Revelation, the prophets of God have been uh, put in jail for no reason, turned on by their families, put in straits and predicaments, uh, were targeted for persecution, and were even killed. Now that's, read your Bible, and you don't have to read much and you'll see that. Moses, the great prophet of God, family members turned against him, church members turned against him. That's way back. That's just the way it is. It comes with the territory when you're used by God like that. But there's something deep down in a prophet of God that no matter what happens, we're not turning away from God and we're not turning away from God's word. And so if you must hate me, hate me, you must. 
You just have to hate me. So not only do I have some family members who have turned against me, church folk, church pastors who have turned against me, and who hate my guts, the other group are church pastors' wives, not for the homosexual uh, preaching uh, that I do against, uh, the preaching against homosexuality. They hate me because I believe in the biblical principle that men are in charge in the family and in the church, and the woman is not. And they hate my guts, and they are trying their best to twist uh, the mind of one of my daughters and trying to twist uh, our family to turn against me and uh, to try to stop me. And they, they thought they could do it by just, you know, hating me and having other people telling other people not to listen to me and stuff like that. I have not. Uh, and see, when, if, if you understood a prophet kind of a guy called by God, that's going to make him preach even harder against it because he knows he's, he's, uh, he's right. For you to fight it so hard. Some women thought I would be shocked that two certain women would be preaching at a Bible-based conference that honors the great Dr. Lois Evans. I'm not. I'm happy to see one. I'm not too sure about the other. But that doesn't phase me. That's that's on you all. I have uh, family members. Can you imagine a mother-in-law and a auntie, her, her mother-in-law sister, coming as a team? after they didn't do anything for their grandchildren, could, could have had an opportunity to, to even raise their grandchildren at one point, a long time ago. But now that they hear, they're hearing that I'm preaching the truth regarding women and about my wife, want to try to turn the hearts of my children that I raised by myself against me and trying to get my wife to leave me. That's some satanic foolishness. They tried to pull that stunt and <clears throat> they were shocked that my wife was not hearing it at all. Satanic and demonic. And so don't be shocked if you hear a report that uh, Daniel White the third is dead all of a sudden. 
Then I made many other enemies because I've called them out as false prophets and false pastors. Andy Stanley, I have no regrets over that. Otis Moss III, popular young pastors, quite frankly, full of hell and the devil, leading the church to adopt homosexuality into the church, homosexual marriage in the church, as members singing in the choir, leading the choir in the pulpit. Oh, well, preacher, don't you know that there were homosexuals in the choir before all of this? Yes, I know that. But they were in the closet, and they knew better. And the church should have kept them in the closet. And they could have. They chose not to. Because I'm convinced that some of these preachers are homo- secret homosexuals themselves. Now, this is my opinion. You could like it or lump it. I'm going to say it tonight. I know it's going to shock the world. I believe it is my opinion that Andy Stanley is a secret homosexual. That's what I believe. That's my opinion. I hope that's not the case. But for him to be so persistent in trying to make the church accept this and uh, and trying to get pastors to buy into this, there's something wrong. And the homosexual community they want they not only want you to accept homosexuals and drag queens to be in the nursery with your children that's next it, it has already happened but they they're trying to make this a real thing where they're going to demand a homosexual drag queen don't bow your head yet it's not time to pray huh do you hear me in the nursery, in the Sunday school, teaching your children the Bible. Look at me real good. They already got got your children in the library and in the school. These monsters. You talk about Halloween. This is Halloween every day. With these men dressed up as women. If you're not upset about that and angry about that, you have never been born again. You're not saved. You don't know Jesus yourself. And some of you people taking your children to see these devils. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I, I mean, even you lost people, you know, you got better sense than that. So don't be shocked, my beloved. That Daniel White the Third is dead, killed by the evangelical mafia, who want me to be quiet. And or in jail with some trumped up charges created by the devil and Judas's 
to look legit because it may come from my own friends and family members. Don't be shocked. And and I'm not even worried about you believing it. <laughs> I have no concern about that at all. One time my wife lied on me and tried to cause a problem as many years ago. And nobody believed it. I didn't say any, I, 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 I didn't say a word about it publicly. You know why? Because nobody believed her. And it all backfired on her and God put her in jail. And she never forgot it. That's another reason why she's still here. No, don't, what's that passage? Touch not God's anointed and do not their prophets any harm. <laughs> a big fat lady stepped aside my petite wife and said do you want that food you, you have right there in your lap and my wife said no you can have it oh I, she said I thought so okay, she took it from me. she <laughs> by the grace of God she hadn't done that again okay so don't be shocked by that I, and, and why am I telling you this? I'm doing the same thing, and I am nowhere near Jesus. But I'm doing this. I'm, I'm following his model. He predicted and told you what was going to happen. He told the, his disciples what was going to happen. They were going to arrest me and crucify me and this, that, and other. And they couldn't believe it. And he told them that one of the reasons why he told them that, he told them that is because he, he, he wants them to know that I'm still Jesus. When that happens, I'm going to still be Jesus. I'm still the Son of God. So don't be shocked by these things. Don't, don't lose your faith like some of them did. They scattered. Okay? But, 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 and I'm nowhere near Jesus, so it's not, it's not even about that right there. I'm just letting you know, that's the model I'm following. And when I am falsely accused after preaching like I have been preaching as a prophet for the past 7 uh, to 12 years now, 7 every day, almost, almost 7 years every day, and then other, all the preaching between the 7 and the 12, I'm not going to be shocked. I don't want you to be shocked. When you hear that Daniel White III was arrested, I'm not going to I'm not going to be shocked at it at all. I already know where all my enemies are. The false evangelical mafia would love to kill me. The homosexuals have tried to kill me. And uh, so don't be shocked if I'm dead and I'll be in a better place. That's why I'm playing the song, I'll Fly Away. That's why I play the song, I'll Fly Away. God may fly away any time. Through death, through the rapture, or whatever. And don't be shocked if you hear. And by the way, for those of you who read B.C. 1, the article has already been written. 
What I'm telling you now has already been written. So it's not it's not even going to be a, a, a big scandal because nobody's going to believe it. I already know that. I'm not worried about it. And 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 that, that if I got if I have to go to jail for no reason, I, I'm gonna be glad to do it. It's gonna be a vacation to me. As long as they put me in a private cell somewhere. And uh, I'm just going to write my memoirs and pray and fast and read the Bible and rejoice in Jesus. So I'm telling you up front, ahead of time, I I would not be shocked by that. I've been dealing with the Judas, the satanic Judas spirit for 34 years since I met my wife. And, and, and it passes on, stuff like that passes on to your children. It is a spirit of demonic betrayal. You say, aren't you going to be hurt if the, your, your children uh, was the proverbial heifer that they plowed with? No. Uh, I'm unhurtable because I'm dead, man. That's why I preach the way I preach, because I'm already dead. So it just, you can't do anything to me. I'm already dead. It's Jesus, man, who's putting that in my heart to do and say. The things that I have predicted, the things that I have prophesied, that's not me. That's God. Only God can tell you stuff in advance. And see, beloved, it is wrong. It would be wrong of me to prophesy about the Queen of England to prophesy about President Obama to prophesy about President Trump to prophesy to President Biden and to prophesy about what's going on in Andy Stanley's home and life to prophesy about what's going on in Otis Moss III's life and to say these things publicly and to address Ed Stetzer and to encourage uh, Russell Moore to step up and to step in about stuff that I don't know the conversation they have had. I do not understand their theology, but I believe that uh, he's a good man and he's going to do the right thing to, to uh, address, to predict stuff about uh, the downfall of uh, Hillsong pastor, Houston, a man that I lovingly tried to tell to resign at least six, seven, eight times before he had to resign. Uh, and uh, I'm doing that now with T.D. Jakes. Where, where does that come from? Where, where does the authority come from? Is it really arrogancy or authority? Just, I just told T.D. Jakes with the greatest confidence that they're going to do it. I have no doubt about it. Uh, I know I have no doubt about what I'm saying. I just told T.D. Jakes and Joel Osteen they need to sit John Gray down. It would be wrong for me to deal with all of that and not predict to you what the prophecy, the prophecy that God gave me about myself and my own family. Now, this is before I announced, I mean, I didn't know anything going on. God told me. And it has nothing to do with my announcement. 
that I would like to move away from this country. I would like to move away from this country that I love very much because I love Aldi, I love H-E-B, I love even the Kroger's in my neighborhood, and I love Walmart in my neighborhood, and I love Trader's Joe, Trader Joe's that right down the road. I love Whole Foods. You understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh, yes. I love Specs. That's right. Uh-huh, yes, that's right. I love uh, the Fit Vine Wine. Yes, I do. Uh-huh. I love that with my food. I can't find it right now. Fit Vine, you need to do something. Yes, I love all of these things. And where I will move to, I probably can't get all of these. In fact, I know I will not be able to have them. Oh, yes. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I love America, son. I've been to all, all, I've been to many countries in the world. Don't tell me. And I love where I live at. I'm preaching on the side of a hill. I love it. It's the quietest place in the world. And it's in America. Huh? We go out at any time of the day. We don't see anybody. Go out at night, don't see anybody. Thank God we don't have neighbors who like to sit outside and gossip and talk and look at you. No, no, we have, we, they, they're just like we are, introverted people. We love everybody, we're not mad, we'll help you if you need help. Peaceful and quiet, I don't want to move. I love it here. Well, now, now that Daniel White the Third, now that you are going into another phase in your life, the emptiness, I mean, couldn't you do uh, fulfill your dream now of serving as a, a, a chaplain in the Veterans Hospital? Yes, I can. The jobs are more plentiful now. You know why? Because the, many of the doctors and nurses have died. The chaplains and doctors and nurses have died at the Veterans Hospital. So I can get a job. I have no problem with that. At, at the Veterans Hospital, getting paid $110,000 a year, thereabouts. Be great to get paid to pray for people and to visit people and to encourage people and to lead people to Jesus. The problem is, my friends, the problem is I am not calling a man by a woman's name. I'm not calling him or her by her pronoun that she or he chooses that God did not choose. I'm not doing that. And if I don't do that, they're not going to hire me or they're going to fire me as soon as I say I'm not doing it. That's how this system has been uh, defiled. And that's across the board my friends professorships these are legacy jobs chaplaincy professorships stuff like that being the CEO of a company sitting on a board I, I can't tell you how many times I'm getting uh, uh, invitations to sit on a board and to uh, become a chaplain and all of that and get paid big money but the money don't mean anything to me I can't do that. <laughs> no, sir, no, ma'am. I'm not going to do that. Some of y'all want to do that. Some of you sweet Christians want to do that. You sweet evangelists, go ahead. I'm not doing that. 
I don't want to be a part of it. I'm not going to be a part of that abomination, that lie. And let me say something to Lytton, Mr. Lytton, right now. I want, to just, I want you to understand now. Uh, do not try to put Dr. Tony Evans in your mess that you got going on with Andy Stanley and, and, and Greer. Because he's not, he's not, it's not that he doesn't love you, but I'm telling you to your face, he's not going to do that. He can't. It's not about him, it's about the God in him, and it's about all of the word that God put in him. Because as soon as you start talking crazy like that, verses be coming up in his mind. It's automatic. It's flowing. You know how those little things used to flutter when we had Periscope? It's just like that. He'd be checking out. He's checking out. As soon as you try to pull that mess, man. So I'm trying to save you some time. But anyway, my beloved. Don't be shocked. Don't be surprised. I, I don't know anything about it. Uh, as far as any records, I have not received any letters. Or <clears throat> I have some family members who are extremely quiet. All of a sudden, who they're not as communicative as they used to be for some reason. And normally when, when that's the case, there's something brewing. But I say with the Beatles, let it be. And we'll see what God's going to do about it. And I want to say to my family members, don't do anything that will permanently damage your relationship. Permanently damage. On your end. Not on my end. On your end. You, you, you'll be so ashamed. As you should be right now. So whatever is the plot. Whatever is uh, the little uh, attack or persecution that you're trying to do. If I were you I would call it off. Call it off now. Don't do stuff that's going to hurt you for the rest of your life. And hurt your life. Don't do anything, most of all, that's going to offend God. And, and, and then God's going to take his blessings off of you. And do not think he won't, because he, he, he has and he will. All right. We're at one of our favorite uh, segments in the long-running uh, standing between the living and the dead. You say, Preacher, how do you know it's our favorite? I can tell by the statistics how that you love this, you love this segment, the treasury of David. You love it and I love it too. We're at Psalm 17:1. Hear the right, O Lord. Attend unto my cry. Give ear unto my prayer that goeth not out of feigned lips.
Hear the right, O Lord. He that has the worst cause makes the most noise. Hence the oppressed soul is apprehensive that its voice may be drowned and therefore pleads in this one verse for a hearing no less than three times. The troubled heart craves for the ear of the great judge of the universe, persuaded that with him to hear is to redress. If our God could not or would not hear us, our state would be deplorable. And that is so true, indeed. And yet some professors set such small store by the mercy seat that God does not hear them for the simple reason that they neglect to plead. As well have no house if we persist like gypsies in living in the lanes and commons. As well have no mercy seat as be always defending our own cause and never going to God about it and let God defend you. Do you know when down throughout my life when I have allowed God to fight my battles he caused me to always win always now, if you're guilty of something and you know you did wrong, you need to admit it and confess it. And then God will, he'll cause you to win there too. If you come clean, see. And this is something that I've told my wife for years. You have to stop lying. You destroy trust by lying and being dishonest and deceitful. And, and therefore, you always want to fight your battles. You always want to defend yourself. And you, you never can have any peace or any joy by doing so. And this is a part, some of the reasons why I know that she's not saved. Because she has no faith in God, no trust in God. She's never allowed God to fight one battle. for her and so therefore she doesn't know the victory that God can give yes right even if your husband is wrong even against him God can win all the battles for right against wrong It doesn't matter. See, God has no respect of persons. And I say to you wives, have faith in God. That's what Jesus told you to do. Because, see, if you have faith in God, and you're trusting in Him, then you can be obedient to the Lord and submit to your husband. And if your husband is wrong, God can. God is the only one who can influence and control your husband. You can't. That's not your place. And if you can, then you're Jezebel.
God did not put you in the place of himself over your husband. It's God, sweetheart, Jesus, sweetheart, and then your husband, sweetheart, and then you. And if you want to be over somebody, be over your children. That's it. Huh? I don't care if you like it or not. See, that's why I'm in trouble. Because, see, I am messing up. I'm upsetting the, the, the cart too much. I'm messing up what the sweet evangelical pastors and Pharisees and Sadducees have been told by their Jezebel wives to teach and to preach. And that's why some of the pastors are mad at me because they can't get out of the mess because uh, their Jezebel their wife has control over them and they're mad at me because I won't leave it alone and the Jezebel wife is mad at them because they won't stop me and they're not going to stop me because they know I'm right. And they're sick and tired of the Jezebel wives running people away from the church with their foolishness. See? Treachery. I, I mentioned something to you all last night. Only, uh, listen to me, listen to me, listen, listen to me. Only women do this little mess like this. I don't know what possessed my wife. My wife, um, Mother-in-law came and surprised us and so forth. It was not a good surprise. No, no, uh, you know that. A mother-in-law surprise is a curse. You, you don't want that. No man wants that. No woman wants that. But be that as it may, my wife came in and, and, and told me everything that was said, supposedly. She volunteered the information. But she did not tell me that she told our daughter, our first daughter, she did not recognize her. Where in the hell did that come from? And when I say where in the hell, I'm talking about where in the, in the devilment, where from where the devil's going to reside did that come from? For a mother to fix her mouth to say that. You say, well, why are you bringing that up? I'm bringing that up that that's some womanly mess right there that I don't know anything about. She didn't tell me about that. My daughter had to tell me that her mother, when I went to visit her a few days ago to her house, my, with a broken up face, my daughter told me that her mother told her, um, I, didn't, oh, I didn't even recognize you. What? I, that's some demonic womanly mess from hell. She didn't tell me that. And I'm bringing that up because there are pastors who are sick and tired of their wives doing that demonic womanly stuff to other women in the church. Their sisters, their daughters in the church. Saying little slick things. You've seen it on television. Wickedness. Sisters do it to sisters. Let me help you now. Let me, let me get real with you. Let me get real with you now. Okay? You know what I'm talking about. I can't twist my head like you can, but you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's disgusting. That's why they should not be in leadership. They run women away from the church because they're envious, because they're jealous. Uh, and, and listen to me. Watch this. Watch this. I thank God my oldest daughter is, is willing to help her sisters. And I, I, I hope that she has a plan to help them quickly and get them on out of her house. Because that doesn't work. 
even among my sweet daughters. I asked my daughter how's, uh, how's the uh, Nita, my, my, how are they doing? I've asked them this all the time, and it's never good. They, it's never good. They really don't get along as they should. And I told my other daughters who were going, that's what's going to happen. And you're going to find yourself pretty much on your own and by yourself. Because of how you all are. Like you got parts of your mother in you. You got some of your mother in you. Prideful, stubborn, rebellious, mean, hateful, can snap each other up. And stuff that most women do, I, I, could, not be, I could not deal with. I'm not going to deal with that. That's why I'm going to be over you, and I'm going to tell you, y'all cut that mess out. I'm not going to be in the middle of that. And no husband, no father ought to be in the middle of that foolishness. No pastor ought to be in the middle of that foolishness. There are women who are hurt and who have left the church because of the pastor's wife. Some snide remark. The pastor don't even know about it. Girl, did I see you in that dress about three weeks ago? With a smile, it was probably as a backhanded uh, 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 compliment. It looks good, but I, didn't you have it on three weeks ago, too? Just like that, bam. And then she goes and tells somebody else, it's a mess. Pastors, hear me well. Keep your wife out of the business of the church. She needs to be taking care of you and your children and shut you deal with the members. She can be with you if there's a woman involved, but she's not a co-pastor. You'd be better off with Big Mama. Let Big Mama come in there. She, she's already had 15 children, raised them, and, and, and she's content, and she's retired, and, and, and she's only concerned about her Social Security check coming in on time. Okay, let her come in and, and listen to the women lie. And she can help you. Because Big Mama said, that ain't about nothing. Don't pass it, don't even pay that any attention. She, she ain't, she, uh, that she's lying on her husband. She needs to go home and take care of her husband, take care of you. Don't you get near that because she's trying to get you. Well, uh, Big Mama, she didn't say she was trying to get me. I know she didn't say it. I'm telling you, boy. I mean, Pastor. <laughs> Anyway, my beloved, <clears throat> allow me to move on. Let me move on. There is more fear that we will not hear the Lord than that the Lord will not hear us. Go ahead, Spurgeon. Go ahead. That's all I can say. Hear the right. It is well if our case is good in itself and can be urged as a right one, for right shall never be wronged by our righteous judge, judge, go ahead Spurgeon. But if our suit be marred by our infirmities, it is a great privilege that we may make mention of the righteousness of our Lord Jesus, which is ever prevalent on high Right has a voice which Jehovah always hears. 
And if my wrongs clamor against me with great force and fury, I will pray the Lord to hear that still louder and mightier voice of the right and the rights of his dear son. Hear, O God, the just one. That is, hear the Messiah is a rendering adopted by Jerome and admired by Bishop Horsley. Whether correct or not as a translation, it is proper enough as a plea. Let the dear brothers and sisters in Christ plead it at the throne of the righteous God, even when all other arguments are unavailing. Attend unto my cry. This shows the vehemence and earnestness of the petitioner. He is no mere talker. He weeps and laments. Who can resist a cry? A real hearty, bitter, piteous cry uh, might almost melt a rock. There can be no fear of its prevalence and with our Heavenly Father. A cry is our earliest utterance and in many ways the most natural of human sounds. If our prayer should like the infant's cry be more natural than intelligent and more earnest than elegant, go ahead Spurgeon, it will be none the less eloquent. Go ahead Spurgeon. Oh God, I tell you. Woo! Go ahead, Doctor. You're too much. That's an old saying that I learned from my dad and my mom. When you when you really got it going on, people just say you're too much. You're too much. That's an old saying. There is a mighty power in a child's cry to prevail with a parent's heart. Give ear unto my prayer. Some repetitions are not vain. The reduplication here used is neither superstition nor tautology. Go ahead, Spurgeon, because I don't even know what you're talking about now. But it's like the repeated blow of a hammer hitting the same nail on the head to fix it the more effectually, or the continued knocking of a beggar at the gate who cannot be denied an alms or some bread, and I'm adding some bread, that goeth not out of feigned lips. Sincerity is a sin qua non in prayer. Go ahead, Spurgeon, you're using Latin on us in a devotional. Lips of deceit are detestable to man and much more to God. Amen, Spurgeon. Amen. In intercourse so hallowed as that of prayer, hypocrisy, even in the remotest degree, is as fatal as it is foolish. Go ahead, Dr. Spurgeon. Hypocritical piety is doubled iniquity. Go ahead, Mr. Spurgeon. He who would feign and flatter had better try his craft with a fool like himself. My, my, my. 
for to deceive the all-seeing one, God Almighty, and I'm adding God Almighty, is as impossible as to take the moon in a net, go ahead Spurgeon, or to lead the sun into a snare. Mm, mm, mm. My friends, you won't find uh, this kind of writing in most of our Christian bookstores today unless you find Spurgeon. He would, rather, he who would deceive God is himself already most grossly deceived. You might as well tell the truth to God as I've always said to you. Tell God the truth. He already knows it. Our sincerity in prayer has no merit in it any more than the earnestness of a, a mendicant in the street. But at the same time, the Lord has regard to it. Through Jesus, and will not long refuse his ear to an honest and fervent petitioner or prayer. Glory be to God. Amen to Jesus. Amen to the word of God. And go ahead, Spurgeon. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you so much for this magnificent time together around your holy word. We give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for what you have done here so far today. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, grant me your energy, your strength, your unction, and your anointing to preach your holy gospel and your holy word and to do the family segment. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, as we move on to the family segment, we're at Ephesians 6, 4, and how fitting is this? The day before Father's Day, I'll be preaching two fathers tomorrow, just like I preached two mothers on Mother's Day. I don't think I'm getting the title right in my mind. What is the title again, son? Ephesians 6, 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. God tells the fathers what not to do. And uh, here's the title of what I'll be preaching tomorrow. Father and husband, are you going to hell? I'm preaching this as I preach to the mothers because there are many people in the church today who are just not saved. And contrary to what you know why pastors create so many different ministries and so many different groups and so many different programs? There are churches that have a hundred programs for every little thing. You know why? Because many of the people are not saved. Many of the people are just not born again. And so pastors, they, they, with their loving hearts, they try to cater to every little situation, case in point, divorce care. No church should have a divorce care ministry. 
They should have a marriage care ministry only for multiple reasons. The church pastor can send divorce care people someplace else to a divorce uh, program somewhere else. Not in the church. It's all about marriage care. I don't care if we have to meet together every day. Let's keep the marriage together and avoid divorce altogether. And and uh, don't even give people a place where they can do some glorified, glorified dating and whoremongering around and whoring around while they're going through their divorce. And the pastor's wife is playing Cupid and all of that foolishness. But anyway, God tells the father what not to do and what to do. He tells fathers because he's the greatest father of all time. Not to provoke your children to wrath. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. God knows that that is in you as a man. You ought not to be angry, and you ought not to provoke them to anger. And I have dealt with this subject many times, and there are many ways that you can provoke your children to wrath. One is being partial. Somehow having in your wicked heart that you love one child over the other, and this is especially a problem in so-called blended families. You whip another man's child, but won't whip your own. You punish another man's child, but won't punish yours. You're provoking them to anger and to wrath. There are many other ways I've dealt with uh, this in the past, but that's a big one. Talking about this is your favorite child and treating them uh, as your favorite. It's one thing to honor and to reward a child who's doing the right thing and punishing a child who's doing the wrong thing. But you should never say or indicate in any way that you love one child over the other. There are some children who do right and do better. And there are some who do wrong. You can't give the another way to provoke your child is 
reward the one who is doing wrong and evil and don't reward the ones who are doing right. We had a situation in our family uh, growing up that, that three children were doing the right thing, consistent and faithful. Every day had one child who was with them. Uh, this is out, out of the last four, not out of the, the first three who were already gone. She didn't do her job. And so she suffered punishment for doing, not, not doing her job. I'm not going to let you have a computer. You're not going to do your job. And everybody else does their job with ease. And I told her, I told her, I said, they, these, your, your siblings, they love you. And, uh, but I'm never going to have a situation where they leave my house and say I was unfair to them because I let you have a computer and you didn't do your job not one day and they did their job every day. Ah, uh, no. That's going to, you're going to breed uh, wrath and anger and resentment if you don't uh, reward those who do well and punish those who do evil. And you're not helping the evil child by letting her or him have their way. You, 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 you're mistreating that child by doing that. But bring them up. Here's what God tells you to do. But bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. When they do well, encourage them. Pat them on the back. They do evil, you pat them on the butt, you whip them behind. If you don't do both, it's not going to work. Uh, I, I, we wrote a little article the other day that said that uh, William and, and Kate, who I, 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 I admire them, they did a great job with the first two, but that little Lewis is a devil. He, he's a little crazy boy, okay? I mean, he covered his mama's mouth up. i never seen uh, uh, Charlotte or George do that. And I said he needs a whipping. That's what he needs. So I guess they saw it. I don't know if they did or not. But uh, a day or two later, they said that uh, William and Kate are modern parents who use... Uh, emotional, they, 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 I know they put the word emotional in there, emotional uh, something of raising their children. I said, uh-huh. Well, that's not working with Lewis because he acted like a devil in that, uh, during that jubilee. Putting his mouth over his mama's, uh, putting his hand over his mama's mouth. That, 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 I guarantee you, I guarantee you this. That would not have worked with my mother or any of the black women in my community. Never. That, if you ever raised your hand, if you thought about raising your hand and putting your hand on your mother's mouth where I come from, you would not have a hand. Your hand would be injured. You'd have a limp hand for a while. With the quickness Mama would have grabbed that hand and twisted it. And said, what? Huh? Uh, and don't you cry. You better not cry. 
they they using some emo emotional child rearing or whatever man it's like that uh, no Lewis better not do that he needs an old fashioned old fashioned whipping the good children like George and Charlotte they ought to be rewarded and that Charlotte looked just like a great a great grandmother anyway let's pray for other families. Holy Father God, save those families that are lost. Revive those families that are saved and help them to all obey your commandments found in Ephesians chapter 5 and chapter 6 so that they can have a victorious family. And at this time, let's pray for others. Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, and for the comfort of the grieving in this country and around the globe. <clears throat> and Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord, for all people who name the name of Christ. Please forgive us of our sins of disobeying you, disobeying your great commandment, your great commission, and all of your uh, other commandments. Forgive us of our sins and help us to repent. Help us to humble ourselves, to pray, to seek your face, and to turn from our wicked ways. And to repent and get back to you, our first love, in a very real sense. And Holy Father God, we also pray for all government officials, all people who are in the ministry of government, from the President of the United States all the way down and around the world. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray, Lord, that you would save those who are lost, revive those who are saved, heal those who are sick, comfort those who are grieving among the ministers of government, from the president to the police officers. And Holy Father God, we pray that you would save those who are lost, and we pray that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell of those who have that problem in their lives. And Holy Father God, we also pray now for the millions of people, once again, who are still hurting from the coronavirus plague, with people in the hospital, and people in the grave. We pray for all of them, that you would comfort them, and draw them to yourself for salvation, as only you can, but we pray for some by name. We pray for the family and friends of Wyoming resident Francis and Pacheco. We pray for the family and friends of Barbados resident Seldred Tyrone Brethwaite. We pray for the family and friends of Nevada resident Patsy Mae Bullard. We pray for the family and friends of North Carolina president Neil Sharp. We pray for the family and friends of George Georgia resident Dodie Denise Moore. And Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for all of the people who have sent in prayer requests here and answer their prayers, here and answer our prayers.
for them. We pray for salvation, spiritual, family, life, financial, material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings upon them all. Including these who we pray for by name, we pray for Tamara, please help her to get out of poverty for good. We pray for Pastor Rashibi, please heal Melanie's eyes and have the surgery to go well. We pray, Lord, for Marie Grace, please place the blood of Jesus uh, and strongest angelic protection over her life. Deliver her neighborhood from gangs, witchcraft, and occult. Help her to recover from damage caused by storms and tornadoes. We pray for Patrick. Deliver him from putting things before uh, you. Please save his soul and give him assurance of his salvation. And Lord, we pray for the people who have gotten saved through this ministry. And uh, we pray for the thousands who have done so. And for these, we pray for by name. Help them to grow in your faith. And help them to grow in the faith and become the strong Christians you want them to be. We pray for Heath, Juan, Joseph, Rick, and Al. We also pray for the people who have recommitted their lives to you. They're already saved, but they wanted to come back to you. We pray for Tina, Henry, David, uh, Endurance, and Michelle. We commit all of these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives. Dear friend of mine, are you saved? I didn't ask you were you a church member. I did not ask you did you work in the church or you gave money to the church or you got baptized. None of those things will save you. Have you ever believed in the Lord Jesus Christ who said the most important words in the history of the world when he said for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's only one way to get saved, my dear friend, not doing good works, not working in the church, not getting baptized, not giving money to the church, not speaking in tongues, not uh, doing any of those things. In fact, you don't even have to be in the church to get saved. I was raised in church and was lost and on my way to hell and didn't even know I was on my way to hell. I got saved in in an Air Force dorm room and you can get saved right where you are right now by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, believing his gospel. Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day by the power of God. Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that is, perish in hell, but have everlasting life. Dear friend, if you're willing to do that right now, please call upon his name. Pray and ask him to save you. He said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, that's what the word of God says, shall be saved. Follow me in what is called the sinner's prayer, believing in your heart that Jesus Christ paid your sin debt. He suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. Follow me in prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase if you want to be saved from a devil's hell and go to heaven when you die 
and have peace and joy in this life in the midst of tribulations. Let's pray together. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight. I have, com I have broken your Ten Commandments and I understand that I deserve to go to hell. And I understand that I do not deserve to go to heaven. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. As Jesus Christ said, I believe with all of my heart that he suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God, by, by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today from the hell that I deserve to the heaven I don't deserve and to the peace and joy in this life that I don't deserve. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to truly repent of my sins and help me to turn from my evil and wicked ways and follow you, Lord Jesus Christ, in the new life. For it is in your holy name I do pray, Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. Allow me to say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in life and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, please go to GospelLightSociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. If you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today. Please email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and let us know. We have some free material that we want to send you to help you to grow in the faith. If you have a prayer request, please email that to us as well and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. 
Until next time, my beloved, God loves you. We love you. And may God bless you real good is my prayer. Let's all stand for our closing prayer and listen to that beautiful song after we pray, I'll fly away. Holy Father God in heaven, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and I thank you for what you have done and for what you are doing. I pray that you will help all of us to pray without ceasing and help all of us to witness for you and do your will. For your glory, your praise, and your honor. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, make sure you pray without ceasing.